Welcome to Cleveland Clinic Cardiac Consult, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Rick Grimm, uh, and I'm here with uh, one of my partners here at Cleveland Clinic, Dr. Rhonda Miyasaka. Uh, Rhonda is one of our, my colleagues uh, in the uh, cardiac, uh, cardiovascular imaging section here at Cleveland Clinic. Rhonda heads up our structural intervention uh, team uh, as, and uh, uh, is a critical member of our, our, our group. Uh, I'm the uh, director of the uh, echocardiography laboratory. Uh, as well as our, our medical information officer here at Cleveland Clinic. And we're here to talk to you uh, about echocardiography uh, and the utility uh, in your patient population and hopefully to answer some questions and concerns that you may have relative to obtaining an echocardiographic test uh, uh, in, in uh, 2021 here. Uh, as I'm sure many of you are uh, familiar and aware, echocardiography uh, is a critically important non-invasive uh, technology uh, for uh, all of us uh, in the diagnostic uh, medicine, diagnostic cardiology realm. Uh, it's in critically important to not only diagnose the presence of cardiac dysfunction, uh, but significant uh, valve disease. Uh, and certainly uh, congenital uh, anomalies uh, as well. Uh, the field of echocardiography just continues to expand and, and just become uh, greater and greater in terms of its utility, uh, its capabilities, the innovation that's been uh, afforded to the area, uh, as well as the image quality and our capabilities expanding to other realms of stress echocardiography, transesophageal echocardiography in the interventional realm, as well as in the operating room to really uh, help us uh, guide uh, procedures uh, as well. Um, it's, it's often uh, uh, asked of us uh, when we field uh, questions uh, from uh, our colleagues uh, as to what might be the te best test to offer, for example, an transthoracic echocardiogram versus a transesophageal uh, echocardiogram. And as one of our transesophageal uh, echo uh, experts, I'll ask uh, Rhonda to uh, address that issue and, and perhaps uh, try and uh, help uh, make it more, more clear in terms of ordering uh, these tests. Sure. So, um, you know, we have, uh, as you all know, um, you know, several different options when we're doing uh, echocardiography. And that includes a transthoracic echocardiogram or a transesophageal echocardiogram. And one of the really common questions that we get in the echo lab is, which one should I order? Um, should I start with a transthoracic echo and then get a transesophageal echo? Or sometimes should I just skip right to the transesophageal echo and not worry about the transthoracic echo? And so something that you know I like to say is that these two imaging tests are very much complementary. 
And so the uh, transesophageal echo is very good at uh, looking at valves in detail, looking at valvular function, looking at valvular uh, structure, and we get really, really fine images um, if we need to look for endocarditis, if we need to look for, you know, blood clots in the heart or the appendage. Uh, transesophageal echo, as you all know, is excellent. Transthoracic echo also has uh, things that uh, it's better at compared to transesophageal echo. And I think that's something that we sometimes forget. We think that because a, a TEE, um, you know, is a, a more invasive procedure and we get closer to the heart, we think that that's just going to give us everything. Uh, in fact, a transthoracic echo also can give us a wealth of information, um, particularly if we're trying to understand uh, LV size function, wall motion, or if we're looking at, um, you know, images that would be in the far field, you know, close to the apex on transesophageal echo. When we think about where our transthoracic echo probe is, it's right close to the apex. And so that's why, um, depending on what part of the heart we're looking at, sometimes transthoracic echo actually does a better job. So typically when I'm thinking about, you know, a patient and what imaging test to start with, I almost always want to start with a transthoracic echo so that we can get a sense of, you know, what our image quality is. Uh, we can get a sense of what we're able to see and what we're not able to see. Um, and then when we do our transesophageal echo, uh, if we need to, um, you know, we're able to uh, go with, you know, very focused um, information gathering so that we, uh, you know, we know ahead of time some of the things that we're, uh, that we might be looking for. Um, so I think that's that's kind of one of the main things that I always like to point out is that the two tests are very much complementary. And don't forget about transthoracic echo. We actually have a amazing power these days. Um, you know, we can do 3D transthoracic echo. We can do 3D mm -hmm. of the valves. We can do all of our, you know, measurements. Right. So that's, uh, that's something that, um, you know, we're, we're very happy with. You know, the way I like to think of it sometimes uh, in terms of the utility and especially when it comes to uh, uh, measuring and, or sampling uh, uh, blood flow and gradients and so forth, uh, you know, from the chest wall, you have an unlimited number of frames of reference uh, to actually interrogate uh, flows. And obviously, in order to get the most accurate data, we have to be well aligned with that flow. So we can do that relatively easily. It's a challenge technically in any case, but we can do it much, much better from the chest wall. And again, we have an infinite number of locations in which to interrogate from. When we're in the esophagus with a transesophageal probe, of course, we're pretty limited. We have an infinite number of uh, alignments that we can perform, but the position and the angulation is limited, obviously, because we can so. only go so, so far. Um, one of the other tests that's extremely useful for us in the echo lab is the stress test. And typically stress testing is used for the evaluation of coronary artery disease and ischemia. Uh, but in fact, in our laboratory, and we do a lot of nuclear studies as well as a lot of stress echocardiograms in, in our uh, uh, department, we find it extremely useful, especially in patients with valvular heart disease, so that we can evaluate the response of the heart muscle uh, in a given state in terms of severity of uh, valve disease and the response of that heart muscle to stress. Obviously, if, if all things are relatively good, that heart muscle is going to respond favorably. If it doesn't, we can see evidence of that. We can measure gradients, sample gradients at peak uh, uh, stress uh, and actually make an assessment as to the uh, potential 
impact of that valvular heart disease on that heart muscle. So that's an extremely valuable test, not only uh, in terms of acquiring that data, but also the data relative to functional capacity, heart rate, blood pressure, et cetera, as well. So again, another extremely uh, useful test. And maybe, Ron, you could speak to the stress uh, uh, that we utilize, uh, treadmill and, and dobutamine. Sure. Um, you know, a common question that we get is, well, I think my patient needs a stress test, but what kind should I order? Should I order a treadmill echo or should I order a dobutamine echo? And uh, so I can talk about kind of the pros and cons of uh, both approaches. In general, if the patient is able to exercise and if we're trying to understand symptoms, for example, that come on with exercise, it's always better to try to do a treadmill because that's physiologic. Um, if the patient mentions they're having shortness of breath or chest pain when they're walking or exercising, then we can try to simulate those conditions with exercise and we can see if they develop chest pain. We can see if there are abnormalities we notice on echo. Um, and so it often uh, gives us a lot of additional information uh, in addition to just looking at the echo images, we get a lot of functional uh, mm -hmm. information from the test as well. If a patient is not able to walk, um, if a patient you know, just broke their leg and we're not going to exercise them on a treadmill, then in that situation, uh, you know, a dobutamine stress test is a way that we can still do the stress test. We can simulate uh, you know, the heart under stress and look for signs of uh, ischemia. Um, but we can't get quite as much information potentially from the symptoms that the patient's experiencing because it's not really a physiologic state. We also will sometimes use dobutamine to um, evaluate uh, valve disease. Um, that's something that uh, from time to time we'll do with aortic stenosis, for example, if we have to tease out some of the subtleties of um, you know, whether the aortic stenosis is severe or not. Um, but those are kind of the, the finer points of when we might use dobutamine. But in general, if your patient's able to exercise, we prefer a, an exercise test. And, and one, one last mention just regarding uh, the lab and, and, and what's, what's done on a routine basis. Increasingly in the world of echocardiography, uh, and learned this many years ago, that the importance of quantification is, is key. And uh, uh, certainly other techniques, other modalities, whether it's CT and cardiac MRI, obviously give us exquisite images and exquisite uh, uh, accuracy. Uh, in, in the echo world as well, uh, we've really upped our game relative to uh, the quantification of both uh, function as, val as well as valve severity. Uh, and the importance of that, of course, everybody can understand. But uh, that's a, a significant emphasis uh, uh, currently, uh, and it's something that we expect to improve uh, significantly in the, in the near, very near future as well. Yeah, I think that's uh, kind of a nice summary yep. of, uh, you know, what to expect when we order uh, an echo, and hopefully that was helpful for everyone. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash cardiac consult podcast.